This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, this is Kevin Harlan of CBS TNT in Westwood One. You're listening to The Jake Brown Show. And welcome to the Jake Brown Show. CBS Radio's played on iTunes, Spotify is where you find a special edition. A Monday night recording because of all that is going on, because of a crazy schedule this week, and because I'm seeing Jimmy Fallon tomorrow. Uh, we're recording a Monday night special in addition to the Final Four, the Elite Eight wrapped up, um, and some insane games. I mean, the swing of emotions for the fans of Kentucky knocking down a three to tie the game and then seeing the bar reactions when they get just demoralized when they hit the buzzer beater. March Mayhem, Luke May hits that chumper to win it with .3 to go. This is Jake Brown Show. Subscribe on iTunes and Spotify. Follow us at Jake Brown Radio, Jake Brown Show on social media networks. And this week, well, Vic DiBetetto, the comedian, in the building, big sports fan as well. Make sure you check that out. Rick Peterson was on Monday's podcast. Check that out. The former Mets and Orioles pitching coach. Excuse me, the Mets and Brewers pitching coach and the Oakland A's. He was part of that renaissance of arms that they had in Oakland and turned that athletics team into a, I can't say dynasty because they didn't win anything, but a team that was really good. So check that interview out as well. But we got a lot to get into. The Raiders are on the move to uh, Vegas. Vegas goes from 0 to 100 real quick. They go from zero professional teams to now two. The Las Vegas Golden Knights and the Las Vegas Raiders, which Roger Goodell says still will be the Oakland Raiders for now, um, are there. And now gamblers will be in heaven on the weekends where they could bet on all sorts of games and go to games at the same damn time. And Vegas will be quite the party. But let's start with the Final Four being set with South Carolina and Gonzaga on the left side. And it's Oregon and UNC on the right side. I mean, you can't get much more of a wild Final Four than this. You have the two teams on the left side who are getting to the tournament for the first time in program history. Mark Few has finally made it. And Frank Martin... How can you not like the guy? The guy was a bouncer at Miami nightclubs. He was at Club Live every Sunday, and now on Sunday he'll maybe be celebrating a trip to a title game if he can get past Gonzaga. I mean, what a special story that team has been. And the, the starting off the tournament basically at home in South Carolina, a team that really wasn't supposed to be in the NCAA tournament because they were very mediocre. Obviously they deserved the spot, but this is South Carolina team that wasn't that good all year. Very subpar all year. And now they're, they've are they earned a trip to the Final Four, and they're going to Phoenix 
to play Gonzaga. Gonzaga, you know their story. Been a top five team all year. Losing towards the end of the year, the last regular season game of the year to BYU may have been a blessing to them because if you go into the tournament undefeated, there's a monkey on your back and you got to be careful. The monkey's off. Their final four bound. They're taking on a team who's also never been there. So it's not like, oh, we've been there. You haven't. Nah, both you, both you guys have not. When we go to the right side, UNC, I mean, when they're here every year, it seems like. Their 20th final four trip. They made it last year. Remember, they lost in the title game to Villanova for Oregon, Oregon, however you want to say it, tomato, tomato. 1939. Now, if you're not good at math, the math tells you it's been 78 years since the Ducks have made it to a Final Four. I mean, that's longer than most of our grandparents. Well, not mine, but it's it's older. It's longer than your parents. I'll, I'll say that. And UNC's the veterans. They know what they're doing. Roy Williams has been here on and on and again. And let's let's show some love to Dana Altman. I mean, this guy is not really regarded as, hey, he's a tremendous head coach. He's one of the best. When we talk about the best coach in the in the country, no one even breathes Dana Altman. Is he a top five coach? No. Top ten? Probably not. Probably not. But top 15, top 10, top 15 range, you put him in there now. This guy has done so much, and with Boucher out for the tournament, they find that out before it even starts. They've overcome a lot, and he has said numerous times he didn't know where his team was going to go. He wasn't sure what's going to happen. They never thought they'd be anywhere near the Final Four without one of their best players. But Dorsey and Brooks have led them to the promised land. And they, they look good, man, against Kansas. And Kansas, once again, showing us they let us down in the tournament. Someone, I'm not a Kansas fan, but they let their fan base down. They let people who may have picked them down year after year. Two and seven for Bill Self in regional finals. Two and seven. This is a guy we talk about as one of the best, and he's great in the regular season. But time and time again, Kansas fails in the NCAA tournament when it matters most. And you got to be disappointed in their effort. Not, no disrespect to Oregon. Oregon. That was a cross between Oregon and Oregon. But Kansas has got to do a better job. And UNC, their size, their length proved to be too good. And man, was that an instant classic. Tied up. They run back down the floor. And of all the people, Luke May. This guy's averaging a couple of points a game it's the game winning jumper just in front of the three point line with point three remaining I mean it does not get any better than that for UNC and the Tar Heels I mean to have a guy that most people haven't even heard of do it is awesome I mean it's it's a great story you love those underdog stories uh, the, the tall goofy white guy hitting the 18 footer to send your team to the final four I mean how could you not be on board with that Moving back to the left side, South Carolina. They got past the Gators. Good, good game. And was a little disappointing. The real game of the tournament came as the Florida Gators got to the Elite Eight. I mean, what they did with Wisconsin. Gets to overtime. I mean, Canyon Berry has the LeBron-esque blocked shot to save the game. And then they just come down and hit a ridiculous three-pointer to win it 
And if you had South Carolina in your Final Four, God bless you. If you had this Final Four, God bless you. The only people who may have come close are the people who went to South Carolina who said, all right, here's my bracket I'm not going to put down for money. Just pick my alma mater or my current school and hope for the best. And that's the person who right now who's maybe winning their pool. Because if you have them in your pool, then you're in good shape. Now, if you had them and Oregon, then you need to pick my Mega Millions tickets because that would just be redonkulous because no one had Oregon here. Everyone said they have no shot. When one of your best players is out for the tournament, how are you going to win with a man down, especially in college basketball? The NBA, we see rosters are 10 deep. Some of these rosters in college hoops are six or seven deep. They're not nine or ten guys deep. And you have Dorsey is just picking He's He's picked up the load. He's been dominant from downtown. I think I read he was 16 of 24 in the tournament from three-point range. Scoring at will. And this is going to be an interesting Final Four. You have some great storylines where you have the chance of you have the chance of a Carolina versus Carolina matchup. I mean, who wouldn't want to see the Battle of Carolina? It'll be bow time. And Bojangles has got to sponsor that. I mean, if it's not the national title presented by Bojangles, then they need to hire someone new. Because Bojangles is Northern South Carolina. As a guy who lives on the border of Northern South Carolina, my family lives there, a block away, you will be in South Carolina. It's a little, a little rivalry. It's Carolina versus Carolina. It's They both think they're Carolina. So one's going to come out as the real Carolina. Will the real Carolina please stand up? Well, we have to see if that happens. That That means that South Carolina has to shock another team, another one, and somehow take down Gonzaga. And only one team's been able to do that, and that was BYU at the end of the regular season. So while we want to say, you know what, Gonzaga hasn't played a ton of competition, they have never been here before, respect what Mark Few has done and respect that team because they're in a great position to go to the national title. And it, it's too bad. I really, I was rooting for Florida, honestly, because I wanted to see Canyon Barry get there. Talked to Rick Barry last week on the show. Check that interview out if you missed it. Really raved about his son. And you watch Canyon play, and the kid is smart. While he struggled a little bit offensively, you see him on the defensive side. You see him as a leader, uh, and you see what he can do. And that block shot, I mean, he came out of nowhere. And it really reminded me of that LeBron block in the finals against the Warriors that helped the Cavs win it all and come back from down 3-1 and win that series. It was reminiscent in a big spot, down, need a block, boom, got it. So it'll be in the Phoenix, Arizona, the Final Four. South Carolina had to move their spring game up to make sure they could all be cozy and watching this game. They're here. I mean, how about it? Who would have thunk it? And South Carolina really, prior to that, I mean, they, they got there easily. Beat Baylor. They crushed Baylor. Gonzaga crushed Xavier. Oregon crushed Kansas. The only true, true, and South Carolina won 77-70. The tight game that I mentioned was UNC-Kentucky. The rest of them, hey, weren't tremendously close. Florida-South Carolina was close up until the last minute. But the rest of the games were not as close. I mean, that, that Kentucky-UNC game was, was a classic. 
And I'll say this tournament has not been one of the more memorable tournaments. But we look at the final here, and we have two teams that we didn't see getting there. Oregon was good all year. They were a team that I was worried about coming in as a team that could do damage, even without Boucher, because Dylan Brooks has showed he's a stud. And Dorsey, this kid Dorsey, no one even knew of and has just lit it up. So I'm not shocked by Oregon. I'm shocked by South Carolina. I'm not shocked by Gonzaga. And how could you be if you're shocked by UNC? You're an idiot because they're here all the time. This is this is just a walk around the corner. This is a walk to Central Park for UNC. I'm really more surprised the fact that UCLA. I mean, come on, guys. What a just poor showing against Kentucky. Lots of ball, poor showing, and maybe the maybe Lavar Ball has gotten to him. And again, Lavar and Lonzo. I mean, it doesn't even seem like Lonzo cares on first take today. Just having a blast. Lavar walks in with the uh, with the Conor McGregor strut, thinking he's all that. He hands out T-shirts of his brand, the BBB, not the Better Business Bureau. The uh, it's like Ballers. I don't even know what it stands so I don't care enough to look it up. But he comes in handing out T-shirts. Hey, Max, take a shirt. Hey, Stephen A., take a shirt. Hey, uh, uh, who, who's the other lady on first take? Um, uh, I forgot her name. But he's just handing out gear. I mean, shameless plugging the the night away, the morning away on first take. I mean, we're still giving LeVar Ball the time of day. And it's a story, so we have to do our job and talk about it. But it's just the worst kind of story. It's like the sports Kardashian story that you don't want to get into. Leave your son alone. Let him be. Let your son do the talking. And did he say, oh, they asked him, oh, were you humbled by the UCLA laws? No, of course not. He's walking around like he's the king of the world. Because now he knows it's time. The checks are coming. Checks are on their way. And Lonzo Ball is going to get those checks, even though his dad's a knucklehead. He's going to still get him because he's a good player. But don't carry this act to your son with the NBA. Like, grow up. The video came out of him playing uh, pickup basketball, LeVar, and God, he was terrible. He made me look pretty good. And LeVar was a failed football player. So he, he's trying to live as a as an athlete, as Mr. Hollywood, because he didn't get there. And he even said in an interview, which is just... Are you kidding me, man? He said that if he was a star player, he probably wouldn't be taking care of looking, looking, uh, taking care and looking, I'm uh, looking for help for his son. If he if he were a star, but since he sucked, he had to do it. What terrible parenting is that? It's like, oh, if I was an athlete, I'm sure I would hire someone to help teach him to play basketball. But I sucked, so I was able to do it. It's like, come on, bro. So basically he's saying to all to stars like Kobe, for your kids, uh, don't teach them how to play. Uh, don't change their diapers. I mean, LeVar, there's a side of LeVar where you say, great parent, look, hyping up his kids, saying he's great. And then there's a side of him that's saying, this guy wants more attention than Kim, Kylie, and Caitlin combined. And that's the side I see. Anyone can be proud of their son for being a future NBA, maybe first round pick, first first pick. He's obviously first round. But to to flaunt your gear on TV to get checks for appearances, I mean, he's probably showing up at nightclubs in Las Vegas, cashing out checks and getting bottles. Lavar is. It's embarrassing, and I hope we don't talk about it anymore. 
It maybe has a couple days left of shelf life, but if the, I ha, I do have a feeling though that that's going to carry over to June. It's going to NBA draft's going to come around, and Lavar is going to be media central. I want my son to go here. I want my son to go here. It's a PR nightmare. Can someone get? Can we get this guy a publicist, and someone to manage what he says? Can we put a muzzle on Lavar Ball, because he just won't pipe it down. I can't even talk about LeVar Ball anymore. It's it's just it's too much for me to handle. We all deal with the parents who are overbearing sometimes, who want us to do well. I mean, I deal with it. My parents always commenting on Facebook and stuff, and they're proud, and some, they'll embarrass me sometimes with pictures, comments. And my dad made a Facebook group, Friends Who Like Jake Brown Radio. Like, Dad, I have three Facebook pages. I don't need a fourth one. But... There's a certain point where there's a line drawn and LeVar has crossed it by miles in another stratosphere. And it's going to be too much. And it's 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 really not fair to Lonzo, who doesn't seem to care. He has that no-care mentality. I mean, he's on first take with a hood on and just lollygagging around. He's like, I mean, you could see there... The whole family, at least them, are very cocky, arrogant, which is fine. I mean, you're that good. I mean, I guess, sure, you get away with it, but <laughs> you ain't going to get away with that in the NBA. Believe that because you'll get whacked across the face by Serge Ibaka. I mean, they don't play no soft games in the NBA. You will get hit if you're trying to show someone up. So we'll see how that situation plays out. We'll see if LeVar Ball enters the headlines for more months to come. But UCLA, very poor showing for a team that I really had in the Final Four in most of my brackets. I had either UNC or them. I didn't have Kentucky. And UNC prevails. So, two games, Saturday night, 6-09 is the first game. South Carolina Gonzaga followed by Oregon UNC. My prediction? It's a tough one. I really like part of me wants to pick South Carolina because the run they've been on and how good that defense has been and how much I like Frank Martin. He's just such a cool guy. You you have to like everything about him and he's great in interviews as well. But I think I'm going to take Gonzaga here. I think, I I think Gonzaga is just the better team and they have been to so many tournaments. Mark few takes them there year after year and still, this is where the lights shine bright. Shine bright like a diamond. This is where it really shines bright. And I don't know if South Carolina is ready for that spotlight. A team that was a borderline tournament team versus a team that's been a top five team all year. I think in the end, in the tournament, second halves, we see great teams know how to close out games. And I tweeted that with UNC. I mean, despite nearly blowing it, they closed it out. And I think Gonzaga is going to close this game out late against South Carolina. I see a tight one all the way through. I see a low-scoring game, but I see Gonzaga and Mark Few getting to their first title game. The other side, I can't go against UNC's length here. I think, again, 20 Final Fours. Just got to the championship game last year. They've won five national titles. They've been five-time NCAA tournament champions, and they've been to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, twenty. Final fours. So how can I go against them? How can I go against Roy Williams? 
I love what Oregon's done. I love Dana Altman being a sleeper top 10 coach in college hoops. But I'm giving the nod to the team that's there year after year. The UNC Tar Heels will take on Gonzaga, and that'll be a Monday night game following none other than opening day for baseball. And we'll have baseball previews this week. Can't wait. Bart Scott voice. Bob Nightingale, USA Today, will join us this week to break down the season. Might have a couple more surprise guests. Uh, But the title game is Monday right after I get home from City Field for Mets-Braves opening day. Noah Syndergaard takes the hill. Let's go, baby. Let's go, Mets. Baseball coming. But, yeah, I'll take UNC and Gonzaga for the title game. Before we transition to the Raiders on the move and some other nuggets around the world of sports, I got to tell you about Sonos because these speakers are the best speakers you'll ever have. And I'll tell you a funny story from over the weekend. I was outside in my little porch backyard area, had my window open. My my window, my room is next to the backyard, little porch, open the window. So I have two speakers. You have the Play 5 in the living room. I have the Play 1 in my room. The Play 5 is the monster speaker. The Play 1 is the smaller one. I had two, my two, my roommate and our friend in the in the living room. So I decided, let me surprise them. So I'm in the back. I have it on full volume, the Play 5. My roommate's friend, my friend, was a little bit down the street in his car getting something. And he tells me he can hear this speaker from down the street. I think I was playing some old DJ Khaled, like out here grinding or something. And he told me down the street he heard it. We had neighbors looking at my apartment saying, where is that coming from? This stuff, I mean, I'm telling you, this speaker was booming. Business is booming for Sonos. I had one in my room, the Play 1 playing a song. I had the Play 5 playing a song. Play 5 on full volume. And you could literally hear it down the street. I mean, these speakers are so loud, you will throw the most badass party on the block. And if you're this is not a block party without a Sonos speaker. You play a different song in the living room, bedroom, bathroom, or the same track in every room. I had different ones. And you'll add your existing music services, add your Apple Music, add your Spotify. They'll bring all your different music into this one app. You control it from the Sonos app. The volume, the room, the songs. I mean, they have internet radio, audiobook, you can listen to the Jake Brown show, all of it, podcasts, your collection of downloads. Enjoy all the sounds you love anywhere in your home. For more information, visit Sonos.com, S-O-N-O-S.com. These speakers are, as the kids say, Liddy, or as I say, Liddy McTitty. These speakers are loud, and they will have the block bump it. So check out Sonos. We talk college hoops. We mentioned the Raiders. They are on the move 31 votes to one, and I don't know what's going on in Miami. I don't know if they didn't want another party over in Vegas, but Miami is the only team to say no. Now the Raiders needed 24 of 32. They got 31 of 32. And they're saying it'll still be the Oakland Raiders. I don't know if that's official. But the expectation is the Raiders will play two more seasons in Oakland. And the 2009 season could be the year. If not, maybe 2020. So it's not yet. Still got some time. But you feel for the fans. You feel for the Raider Nation who's been there all these years. 
who's, I mean, they bleed black and gray and black. I mean, that their fans are nuts. But as a football fan, how could you not like the move? How could you not like the chance to maybe go visit Las Vegas on a vacation? I mean, I know one thing. When the Jets or Giants are playing Las Vegas, I'm going to make a trip there for a weekend. Why not? And hopefully it's hopefully it's late October, November, December, so maybe I can catch a Golden Knights game too. I mean, catch an NHL game and an NFL game in one trip. I mean, tourism is going to be through the roof. I mean, you thought Vegas was making enough money from the Britney shows to the Backstreet Boys shows to the Vegas Strip to the strip clubs to the, all the hotels they got there. Now you're bringing in two professional sports teams. I mean, that is just going to be a gold mine and I love it I think I think Vegas is a place that I was shocked it took this long for them to get a team obviously you have the downsides you have a different fan base it could become a more tourist tourism touristy site you saw that with Barclays Center in Brooklyn a lot of tourists just come to Barclays Center because it's a nice arena it's local it's in the city it's kind of a tourist site I see so many people from other countries at Barclays Center. And the Nets also don't have a very strong fan base. And going to Brooklyn, New Jersey isn't the far, furthest thing, but this is a Knicks town. So you saw that there. That's a, not a great example, but you see spots where you leave to a different city, and you have it's, it's tourist central. And I think Vegas is going to have a lot of that. But it's not far where fans won't travel. It's like a one-hour, two-hour flight from Oakland. It's it's not the longest trip. I think it's like a eight hour drive, seven hour drive. I mean, I've driven fourteen hours. And guys, it's, it's eight home games a year. Put the preseason aside. You will have diehard fans go eight weekends a year. Now it's going to cut out of the people who don't make that much money's pocket. It's going to cut out of the families making thirty, forty, fifty grand a year. Sure. And hey, it sucks for them. It's terrible. It's not going to be cheap to travel to Las Vegas. But if you if you were a season ticket holder, you put a little extra money to the side for gas and you make the trip Sunday. Maybe it's a late Sunday night, early Monday. I think your boss will deal with that, with you being a little grouchy on Monday morning. Well, sometimes it'll be Tuesday if it's a Monday night game. But this is great for football. And I think it, it's this could be the sign where we're getting closer to maybe sports betting. Well, it's legal there, but sports betting being legal here and maybe other places where it's not legal because now you have two professional sports teams in that freaking town I mean what more do you need here to make sports betting legal I mean it's only going to make everyone money it's going to lose money for gamblers but it's only going to make a ton of money and they can tax it and all that I mean I see this as a big step towards that happening maybe I'm wrong but I, I really think the fact that there's a NFL team. Now, Golden Knights is like whatever expansion team. We're talking about a storied franchise going to Las Vegas. And Mark Davis, with a rare smart move. Now, his hair is not a smart move. Now, Mark Davis's hair is the reason I, I would go. I, I'm bald, and I would go bald. I mean, he needs to get rid of that. I mean, this is not 1974 anymore. It's 2017. Mark Davis has got to fix just shave it just go bald man I mean get rid of it it just looks ridiculous but smart move he did say he'll be happy to give ticket refunds to fans 
in Oakland. Doesn't want any ill will. And I I think he has to do that. I mean, if you're taking money and moving, then there would be picket signs everywhere. No one wants that. So they have to see what plays out with the UNLV stadium situation. There's still a lot of things to be in place. But Oakland, now's your time to cheer your team on as they uh, as they head uh as they head east, I should say, to Las Vegas. They go from the west to the east, but this is a great team. And how great would it be if this team could close out Oakland with a Super Bowl? I don't know if they're that good to do that, especially when the Patriots are in town. And with TB12 at quarterback, probably not going to happen. But you got a couple years. Soak it in. Soak it in. And the LA Chargers, they actually sold out season tickets at their 30,000-seat venue. So two teams on the move. It's going to take a couple of years, but Raiders fans, you can, you can adjust now. Start putting money in that saving plan. Start digging out of your 401k. Take out a loan. Put that money to the side because you got a, you got a little of a flight or a, a little bit of a long drive. Uh, get get the playlist ready. Get your Spotify playlist. Get your uh, get your sandwiches ready. You're on the road to Vegas. Viva Las Vegas. Viva Los Raiders. Still early. We'll see what year it happens, but soon come. In other football news, Colin Kaepernick wants nine million at ten million per year, and a chance to start. I mean, has he lost his mind at this point? Give him credit for sending food. Uh, I forgot he he sent food out to uh, what is it, Somalia? Um, but he's got to relax. You are not getting $10 million and a chance to start. You're unemployed, bro. You haven't got a job. You ain't got a job. You ain't got money. Um, you're not getting that much. And starting is going to be difficult in itself. Getting $10 million, probably going to be a little bit more difficult. And, yeah, it was he did fly food and water to Somalia to help with the famine that is sweeping the country. So I, I, I think that's a nice move, but getting $10 million, you're not going to get it. Colin Kaepernick is living in a fantasy land if he thinks he's going to start and get $10 million. Maybe he'll start. Who knows? There's an injury in training camp. He's still a capable starter. He's a guy who could start in the NFL. I mean, honestly, I'd probably take him on the Jets over McCown to start. That's not saying much. But at this point, it's getting late, bro. It's getting late for him to start. So, I don't know how much longer this Kaepernick thing has going here. There's not many legs left for Kaepernick. This is the Jake Brown Show, CBS Radio's played out at iTunes, Spotify. This is where you find us. Follow me at Jake Brown Radio. Follow the show at Jake Brown Show. Check out the Rick Peterson interview this week. He tells us what was in his pockets when he wore that jacket. He actually has a lot of things in those pockets, and it's it's not stuff that you would guess. It's very funny. He also put on a uh, his best Japanese voice. He was telling a story of something in Japan, and the voice he put on was made me crack up. So check that out. Vic D. Batetta will be on the show, and Bob Nightingale. 
and we'll have some more working on that baseball preview. Basically, I, and I've said it in the past, I, I really like the Mets, obviously, my team, um, and the Red Sox. I think two great pitching staffs. The Red Sox lineup is really good, and I think they're gonna both going to be lethal this year. I really think the Mets, and I say a lot, Mets, Red Sox, and I usually end up being wrong. But we'll see. I think the AL, AL is really hard because you could say the Indians again. You could throw the Rangers into the equation. You could say the Astros too. The Astros got really good. The Astros are going to be right there. And the National League, you could say the Cubs. You could say the Dodgers. You could say the Nationals. It's so early to pick. But those are my two points. And obviously it's a little biased in me picking the Mets. But I really, I truly think with seven starters deep, with five outfielders, with like seven infielders, with all the depth the Mets have, it would be disappointing, honestly, if they didn't even, if they didn't win the National League. And it'll be the only good thing about it is it'll be bye bye Terry Collins. Because if healthy, if Terry Collins can't take this Mets roster to a World Series, then he can't take any roster to a World Series. Seven starting pitchers. If healthy. And Wheeler's back off injury. Harvey, back off injury. Syndergaard, back off injury. Mats, never back off injury because he's always injured. And that, that's going to be a question mark. But you have Gazelman, you have Lugo, and even if Familia gets suspended for the first month, you have Reed and Familia at the back end for the second half of the season. Middle relief is the one issue with the Mets. Salas, Blevins. I like Blevins, but a little inconsistent. Salas a guy who was in the minor leagues a year ago. Robles, who is very hit or miss. I mean, I, Hansel Robles is terrible. The Mets' weakness is middle relief, but if that rotation stays healthy, they got the bats. They got the speed with Reyes at the top of the lineup. And you have Cespedes, you have Granderson. You have the power with Granderson, Bruce, and Cespedes. And if Wright could even play 75 to 100 games, then that's a stretch. Uh, let's just say if he plays 50. And he could be a part-time player and a leader on this team. You don't have to play him every day. That, that Mets offense is dangerous. And Neil Walker has looked very good in spring training. I hated the fact they gave him $17 million. But, man, he's lighting it up early. No, Marsh doesn't matter. But very good sign for a guy coming off back surgery to be playing that well. And Neil Walker is going to be a big part of that offense. I mean, this Mets lineup month the rate. If Travis Darnot could just stay healthy – and be a 260 hitter and, and be a decent catcher, which he probably won't. Mets are going to be dangerous. Again, the Cubs, they're, they're bringing most of their team back. They're going to be a, a very a favorable repeat candidate, and they should be. National League is really tough, man. National League is going to be really, really tough. So we'll preview the baseball season later this week but yeah I'm leaning towards Reds, the Red Sox the Central Indians again the West I like the Astros I think they're going to be a force in that American League and I think the National League you look at the Mets you look at the Nationals as a wild card team um, essentially you look at the Cubs you look at the Cardinals as a wild card team and the West you, you got to go with the Dodgers and the Giants right behind Rockies are going to be improved. Rockies are a very good hitting team. Their issue, again, always pitching the Rockies. So we'll do a team-by-team in-depth preview later this week as well. But 
I think that's I think that's all we got. I think I think we covered everything. The tournament again. I I, I wanted the Gators. I wanted Canterbury, but this South Carolina story is just so good. Florida turnovers late killed them. They looked gas. South Carolina got away with a travel call after that ridiculous full court pass. But Frank Martin is here. This guy goes from bouncing nightclubs to bouncing the Final Four. And what a story. Mark Few's there for the first time. And Oregon's there for the first time in 78 years and generations. But then there's that. There's always that one staple. There's In the Final Four, you always have that one team that's always there. That's UNC. So UNC's basically like, come on, guys, come for the ride. Let's see what happens to you guys because we know we're going to win this thing. UNC has to have all the confidence in the world saying, hey, who are these amateurs? It's like that person who's, who shows up to the bar for the first time. Like, oh, we've never seen this guy. Or someone on the first day of the job. Who is this kid? That's how UNC's looking at Gonzaga. That's how they're looking at South Carolina. And that's how they're looking at Oregon right now. Because they're the big boys. This is the rare tournament where we see a Final Four that features one big boys and three little boys. And I, I honestly think the the big boys are going to prevail. I think UNC is going to win this thing at this point. With what's left, I didn't pick them before the season, but with what's left, I think they just close games out. Even if they're down and out, they know how to finish in the last five minutes. I think that's what they're going to do. So I think UNC wins it all, and they win it over Gonzaga in what should be a classic final, which will be next Monday, opening day. Baseball preview, Bob Nightingale, Vic DiBitetto coming up this week. Make sure you get Sonos speakers uh, and check out the shows this week and make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. But for now, I'm signing out. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.